Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to another episode of the Equip Podcast. Today, Lisa Williams joins us to share about peace. Lisa led a breakout session at our Cultivate Women's Topic on the topic of peace, and I've asked her to share it with us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It is such a sweet thing to be able to share over God's Word. It's the best, and I love this avenue that we have to um, do that. So glad you're here. Sounds great. Let's jump right in. So peace is something that we often hear talked about as coming from the Lord. Will you share about the difference between the peace of God and peace with God? Sure, absolutely. You know, the Scripture speaks of both. It speaks of the peace with God, and that's a secured, unchanging peace that's based on the finished work of Christ on the cross. Mm. So at the point of our salvation and our confession and in faith in Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have that peace with God, and nothing can take that away or separate us from that. Okay. You know, Romans 5.1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace of God, on the other hand, is still available to every believer at any time. But unlike the peace with God, it can vary based Mm. on your circumstances, how you respond to those circumstances in your life, and even the degree of your obedience. Mm. So, you know, Jesus opened the way for us to have both of those things. And His desire is for us to have that daily peace of God in our walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's something, too, that we have. It's a gift, but we have to choose right. to accept that gift. Absolutely. So spending time with the Lord, being in community with other believers, spending time in prayer, that can help us feel the peace of God that we already have. We can just feel it in His presence even more in our lives through that. And Absolutely. so when circumstances come, then we know we have our hope in Christ. Right. So right. how do we remain at peace in the midst of our own doubt and discouragement? You know, Taylor, I think that doubt and discouragement are really underestimated as mm-hmm. tools that Satan can use against the believer. And, you know, doubt for the believer, it's not unbelief, but it can be defined as times of, of difficulty in understanding, um, trying to comprehend new truths of the scriptures, asking questions. And this occurs just along our normal journey of becoming more Christ-like um, and trusting Him. Mm-hmm. You know, Ephesians 6.15, Paul talks about that armor of God that he says that we should put on to stand against the enemy. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, he references the shoes of peace. And he says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. And, you know, the Roman soldiers had these heavy leather sandals and the soles of them had these metal spikes. And so when they stood in that sifting sand, they were able to stand their ground in that hand-to-hand combat against the enemy. And it's the same thing for us. And so it's God's word. It's the scriptures, like you say, it's staying in that that gives us that protection. You know, discouragement, the believer can go from a little disappointment. Satan can come in and morph that into reasons that we should be discouraged. Mm -hmm. From there, we can go into despair. And that's where he would like to take us and keep us. And so, you know, the good news is, is 
even we we don't feel like we're having a good growing season, we can still produce fruit for something that God can make meaningful come from it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, spending time in the Psalms is is a way to derive comfort from God's Word and just, you know, marinating myself in the words of David because for sure, you know, he knew all these things. He experienced doubt and despair and discomfort. Absolutely. And I think discouragement is also one of those things um, like you said, that the enemy uses as a tool. We say in women's ministry all the time, we've said it on this podcast probably a million times, that what you think about grows. And so if we choose to continue to sit in that discouragement and continue to, I mean, for me personally, have a pity party, mm-hmm. then that is what I'm feeding in my mind and exactly. in my life. But so if true. I'm going to choose to rest in the peace of Christ and pursue the peace of Christ, that is how my outlook on things is going to change. Right. Absolutely. So true and so (laughs) (laughs) well-spoken. So how does the peace of Christ give us confidence to remain content and hopeful? You know, I think it's important for the believer to understand contentment and what that means from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Paul, of course, good Paul. I love Paul. He, he spells it out so clearly in Philippians chapter 4. And he says, and, and we're very familiar with that, a lot of us, um, where he says, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. And he goes on to say, whether it's, you know, in prosperity or poverty or abundance or need. And then the verse that follows is one of my favorites. And it's one of a lot of folks' favorites. And it's, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And I have clung to that verse in times, you know, when I needed encouragement to accomplish something or have victory over something. And I think that's all well and good. And I do not think the Lord looks down on that. But in this context, Paul is speaking of this supernatural strengthening mm-hmm. that only comes from Christ. And it's as it relates to being content. Mm. So he's referring back to being content. And so you could almost substitute the word face for the word do and say, I can face all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. So, you know, I think today the younger believers, you know, the young marrieds, the marrieds with children and all the activities that go along with that, I remember that time in my life, you know, but what I didn't have is I wasn't bombarded with all of this social media. Mm. And I'm not knocking it because we certainly use it for the good and to spread the ministries and involve people in our church activities and announce the things that are going on and devotionals and just like what we're doing right here. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about when we continue to concentrate on someone's personal posts of their lives and what they're doing, and it can create a slippery slope where we begin to use what we see, those other folks' lives, as a measure for how we're doing and how content or not we are, whether we have the right job or our children are is well-behaved or in the right activities or succeeding. And so... I don't think there's a thing wrong with taking a break from some social media mm-hmm. for a while, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a day or a week or, or longer. Um, so I'm not a big Facebook person, um, so I have to make sure I get the correct information from everybody because <laughs> I have to stay up and current. But, you know, I love this chapter uh, in Philippians, and I think just studying it and committing these verses to memory in this context, I think, could really help. Yeah, well, and that's one thing um, with iPhones is every Sunday, 
and it usually hits right when I'm at church. And so I'm already like thinking about it, but it sends me a screen time reminder and my phone will say, your screen time was up 6% this week. And I'm like, okay, you know, and you can choose to beat yourself up about that. Or you can say, maybe it's time for a step back or a break. Or maybe if I've been feeling in a funk that week before, I'm like, well, that's why I felt so off is because I was spending so much time consuming other people's lives that I'm missing out on my own. And you're right. We don't want to knock social media. There's so many great things you can Mm -hmm. do. I personally really enjoy it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there are times when I start to feel myself falling into that slippery slope of comparison and realizing I am not choosing to live in the peace that Christ has given me. Right, exactly. You know, you ask about hope, and um, biblical hope is really two ideas that are working in tandem. And the first one, we're, we're, we're easily able to understand. The second half of it kind of is where we have difficulty. You know, we can hope in the Lord's almighty ability to answer yes mm-hmm. to our request because we know that we can bring anything to Him, and we know He is able Mm-hmm. To answer mm-hmm. yes, we know that nothing is impossible for him. But, you know, what happens when the answer is no? Mm-hmm. You know, when he decides not to save, not to give, not to have. You know, this is what's difficult, even for the strongest believer in times of difficulty. And so the other side of that is that we know that we can hope in his perfect sovereignty mm. when he answers no. And so we also know because of this, he will see us through those difficult times when maybe we did not get the answer that we wanted. You know, the Bible's full of accounts where, you know, God answered yes to his people's request and then sometimes answered no. And so What we can remember is that we can bring all of our requests to the Lord, and He will answer for our good and His glory, both in His yeses and His noes. Such a good reminder. So what kind of things do we need to weed out of our lives in order to cultivate peace? Well, I've been learning a lot about weeds because I um, tried my hand for the first time at a raised bed to grow vegetables. Oh. And I started that coincidentally, in the spring when we were preparing for the Cultivate Conference, conference, uh right? And so that kind of got me in this direction. And so, you know, I really experienced this beautiful picture of what's necessary to keep peace nurtured in my spiritual garden, you know, and and I learned that if I left the weeds untreated, you know, and if I didn't manage them, then they were going to choke the water and the light from my plants and smother them, and then I would have no produce. And so I think we can compare that to our walk with Christ. And so I believe that fear and pride are the two toughest weeds, so to speak, to manage in our spiritual garden. Oh, I'd agree. Yeah. And so, you know, the Bible says, fear not, 365 times. So evidently, God knows that that is an emotion that we're going to have. Every single day. (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, the thing is, it's it's a nasty, it's a liar, it's a clever, it's a crafty thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not a sin to feel fear. But it's when we take that fear and act wrongly out of it that we can, you know, potentially cause ourselves to sin. And God doesn't condemn legitimate concern. You know, it's it's that continuous state of mind, though, that we're going through and we're fretting and we're worrying and our eyes and our thoughts are all cast inward. And we're just completely leaving God out of the picture. So, you know, one of my favorite examples of this is a well-known story in the Bible in Matthew 8, and Jesus is 
you know, has been in Capernaum and he's been with the disciples and there's this large crowd gathering. And so he's wanting them to cross over to the other side. So he gets in the boat, right? The disciples follow him in the boat. And then immediately this great storm arises and the waves are, you know, crashing into the boat and it's filling with water. And we know and read that Jesus was asleep. So in Matthew, it says, they woke him and said, save us, Lord, we are perishing And so interesting enough, I decided to cross-reference this with the Gospel of Mark Mm -hmm. on this same account. And he writes, the disciples said, teacher, do you care that we're not perishing? Mm. And when I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe they would think that or say that after all the things that they had witnessed prior. And I would never do that. (laughs) And then I thought, yes, I would. We do it all the time. Absolutely, right? And the thing is, they didn't ask about his strength or his knowledge of boats or sea currents or, you know, even if he could bail water, he just, they just went directly to this doubt. They doubted his character. Mm -hmm. And and moreover, they doubted his desire to take care of them. Mm -hmm. So this is the way I look at it. If we get in the boat with Christ, when we commit to Christ and we are living for him and he is in us, you know, we are going to get a little spray. We're going to get a sprinkle. We may get soaked. And, you know, God's Word tells us as believers, we're going to go through difficult times. We're mm-hmm. going to have periods of affliction. But it also assures us that Christ is not ignoring us. He loves us, and He desires to take care of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 2 Timothy 1.7, I love that verse, for God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. As for pride, you know, Taylor, I think this might be one that believers have a hard time admitting to. Oh, yeah. Or maybe even identifying it in their lives. And, you know, ultimately, it is a form of idolatry. Mm-hmm. And it is when we put anything, anyone, ourselves above that which fixes our eyes and keeps our gaze above on Christ. And, you know, as a mom who just loved being a mom and everything about that, I still do, you know, my children were everything to Mm -hmm. me. And I put a lot of my energy and my effort into them growing up. And I had to realize that they were gifts. I was to be a steward. Mm -hmm. And I could not put them up as a reflection on how well I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's easy to do. Um, You know, pride makes us worry, makes us fret. Um, It tells us, you know, you can fix your own messes. It also tells us, keep your guard up. Don't let anybody know you have a need. Or it tells us we got here because of our own efforts. And we know that's not true. Absolutely. I was reading, this is a side tangent, we're recording this podcast in August, and so we've been doing this August Bible study guide, and today's reading, I think it was Psalm 127, and it talks about how a builder does not build a house that the Lord does not establish. Um, it it says in Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. And I think that's what we experience so often with pride. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, God wants us to have a sense of worth, but Mm -hmm. we have to remember that that worth comes from the fact that He created us Mm -hmm. in His image. He loves us. He wants to have a relationship with us. And really, Taylor, thank goodness Having that relationship with Him is not dependent on our degree of achievements, mm-hmm. our gifts, or attributes. And so, you know, in and of ourselves, we can never be enough apart from Christ. 
And I think for me, journaling has been a great tool to keep my feet on humble ground. And, you know, at times I've been very consistent with it. And, you know, we start and we stay with it. And then at times we start and we've got this you know, journal that's laying around half, half mm-hmm. uh, empty. And, and I understand that that's happened to me too. But, you know, when I write down my fears and then I look toward the future and I'm able to come back and write down where God carried me through those fears, when I write down everything that He has done for me as a prayer of thanksgiving, it reminds me that those things come from Him, not mm-hmm. through my own efforts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's a good a good way to, like I said, keep our feet on humble ground and just remember that we are not immune to either one of those things, you know, choking out that peace. Absolutely. And just because we've weeded it out in one season does not mean that we won't have to weed it out in another. Great point. Can always come back up. Great point to remember. So how do we, um, or how do conflict and offense affect our ability to remain at peace? You know, Taylor, this kind of follows what we were talking about in fear and pride. You know, as much as we would like to deny or ignore these things, there is conflict and offenses are given and received at times within the body of believers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's so bad about these peace dealers is that they challenge our ability to give and receive forgiveness. And forgiveness, we have to have it to have genuine peace. And, um, you know, unresolved conflict, it just keeps us enslaved to that anger and that bitterness and that resentment and all those negative feelings. And true forgiveness, you know, frees us from those things. And, you know, in Romans, Paul writes in twelve eighteen, if possible, so far as it depends on you, emphasis on that part, <laughs> be at peace with all men. And, you know, unfortunately, within a body of believers, conflict doesn't always come from differences over serious things like biblical doctrine. It comes over things about stylistic preferences, mm-hmm. like what color are we going to paint the walls? What kind of carpet are we going to have? What kind of music are we going to sing? What is the worship service order going to be? And, you know, in Philippians, Paul tells the church, we need to be in the same mind mm-hmm. in the Lord. And, you know, in Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called to one body, and be thankful. You know, diversity can be a source of conflict. You know, believers come in all shapes and sizes. They come from all backgrounds. And, you know, as Christ followers, we're to have one purpose. And, you know, that's to build each other up and further God's plan and fulfill His purposes, either for us or through us. And so like that, offense is something that I had to do a little digging about. And um, I learned so much on this topic through doing this conference. And I centered on Luke 17, 1, and it's Jesus says unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. And what's interesting, and I get real excited over words and word meetings. And so the Greek word for offend in Luke 17, 1 comes from the word scandalon. And that word originally refers to the part of a trap to which the bait is attached to catch oh. the animal. Interesting, right? Uh-huh. Because Satan baits us, uh-huh. doesn't he? And so one of the most successful tools he has against the believer is personal offense. And it might be something you think is small that happened during your day, but he can build on that if mm-hmm. we're not careful. And so he sets that trap of sin by loading that bait 
you know, of offense, and it can disarm us, it can discourage us, and, you know, it has been known to divide God's people. So, you know, Christ is our example, of course, for everything, and likewise for these these things. And, you know, He never compromised truth to prevent mm-hmm. offending someone. But in Ephesians 4.15, it says, speaking the truth in love. And so he taught us how to do that. He he came to mend our broken relationship with God. He, you know, he taught on the importance of forgiving others. And so, you know, he's our example, of course, for all of these principles. And and for me, you know, like we've talked about how to monitor our spiritual garden. You know, is it growing and producing what we want? Or are there things in there that are choking out things like our contentment and our hope and our peace? Mm. Yeah, man, that's good. So good. Lisa, thank you for compiling all of this research on peace and being able to share that with us. Uh, I hope that this episode will be so encouraging to listeners. Anything else on peace before we go? You know, I've learned more about it in the last couple of years than, you know, before. And that's because, you know, I've gone through some difficult health issues and, you know, God really taught me that my peace depends on my dependency on Him. Mm. And so, you know, one of the things I'm learning is just that that concept of abiding and what that means. And, you know, as long as I do that, and for me, that's kind of manifested in staying in the Word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't have to have this great intellectual understanding or command or mastery of the Scriptures. But, you know, my devotion to Christ on a heart level, I think, is what God wants from me. And so that's what nourishes my my hope, my contentment, and my peace. That and my grandbabies and my children. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, there are two questions that we ask all of our guests before um, the end of the episode, and that is, what is something you're loving and what is something you're learning? Well, I think I've already answered the one about what I'm learning, uh-huh. which is fine. Um, so we'll keep that one there as that answer. But, you know, I'm loving being a mother now of grown children, and and I thought I never would like that because, you know, that empty nest time was just a sad time for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, now, though, I can reach out to my son and my daughter for advice, and they in turn minister to me. And, you know, it, it's been such a huge return on the investment that I put into them. And, you know, to see my daughter now teach her daughter about God's love and about Jesus, I mean, it's it's a joy that's indescribable. I love that. That's so cool. What a full circle moment. Yes, yes. Hopefully I've got more moments left, but yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> this one I've earmarked that way. <laughs> I love it. Well, Lisa, thank you for being here and sharing with us about peace. Thank you so much. It was a treat and a blessing for me. And just thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.